Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Jordana from The Middle Podcast, just jumping in before this episode to let you know we had a little bit of a microphone malfunction on the morning of recording. So the sound quality of this episode isn't up to my usual high Virgo moon standards. I couldn't let it slide without mentioning, and I'm sure most of you won't even notice, but thank you for humoring me by listening to this very lengthy caveat. This is your double Gemini with a Virgo moon, signing out. You're listening to The Middle with your hosts, Holly Azapani and Jordana Levine. Today, we're feeling a little loved up, so we're talking all things romance, from romantic gestures to soulmate love to our own definitions of romance. Our recos cover food for the soul and the ISO pantry, and Jordana guesses the natal chart of triple Scorpio Katy Perry's lover. <laughs> I'm excited about this. This was a, a listener I had put this forward. You know, it took all my might not to look him up this week. <laughs> I am really impressed with your self-control because I don't know if I could do it, George. Yeah, but you know what I did do this morning? I Tell watched um, an interview with him and Jimmy Fallon because I'm like, I don't actually know that much about Orlando Bloom as a person. Clever gal, so you could get into his energy. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but... So, so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, this week's app. I'm actually really excited for this conversation, Jord, because we were feeling little residual effects of the Libra full moon, feeling a little bit romantic and such. I was looking at the definition of romance because it's like, what does romance actually mean? And it's so interesting. Do you want to hear? No, I don't really want to hear. <laughs> what kind of a question is that? <laughs> of course I want to hear. Because I was like, oh, it's it's just such an interesting conversation to me. So. The two definitions of romance, thank you, dictionary.com. Number one, a feeling of excitement and mystery associated with love. And number two, a quality or feeling of mystery, excitement, and remoteness from everyday life. What is this mystery? What is this mystery? Right? That's so weird. I felt the same. I'm glad I'm not alone in this. No. I did not realise that was the definition of romance. Although I do love a bit of mystery in my romance, but that that's baffled me. Is yeah, I I is it the surprise element to things? A romantic gesture when it catches you off guard? Is that the mystery that the definition is alluding to? I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of it from like the, you know, the cultural perspective of romanticism and I don't even think that was based on mystery interesting yeah you've kind of hit me a bum steer hole because I don't I can't add to your conversation no this this is what I was going to say that aside what would your definition of romance be yeah um I don't know I think I think romance is such a um personal Mm. preference isn't it and that's why mm-hmm. relationships are so funny especially when you're starting out like in the dating um the dating part of it because it's like well what's romantic to one partner might be romantic not romantic to another partner you yes know? and I like for me anything too cliche or gushy doesn't actually feel like romance to me romance to me is when <laughs> I'm really connecting with someone on an intellectual level and Mm. I'm just like, and they take maybe a piece of knowledge or something I've said in the past and bring it back in some sort of way, then that would be like outrageously romantic to me more than flowers and chocolates and all that sort of stuff. I tend to agree with you, George. I, I, I was thinking about romantic moments in my life and the ones that come to mind there are some elaborate ones, but the other ones that come to mind aren't the big, 
bouquets of roses on Valentine's Day, you know, because maybe it's the fact that it's overdone. Maybe that does mean romance to some people. Uh, but when you were explaining just then the like taking a bit of information and creating something from it, it reminds me of that moment in The Bachelor with Matt, astrophysicist, oh, yeah, where he created the necklace for Chelsea with the, what was it, the um, scientific equivalent of love? I don't know. I don't because she was that. an engineer. It was like this really. It was a. It was one of those moments where he remembered something that resonated in their first meet, and then gave Holly, her the necklace at the end. Don't be that girl. He didn't do shit. It was the producers <laughs> of the show. <laughs> Fucking hell! It was such a romantic moment for me. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> What, what for you, Jord, has been, do you have a standout romantic moment that either you did for somebody else, you can go, yeah, I'll take credit for that, or that somebody did for you? I Honestly, I think it's the little things. I mean, I've had lots of like bold, sweeping romantic statements, which mm-hmm. back in the day probably would have impressed me, like elaborate dinners out of out at, you know, expensive restaurants. But I actually, I was thinking back to um, my boyfriend last year and he, (laughs) Make It Happen had just come out and he was dying to read it and he read it and there would just be like little moments in the months that passed where he'd say something like, you know how you said this on page 22? Sorry, what? (laughs) Sorry, pardon? He's like on page 22 when you said this. And I was like, how do you know it's on page 22? And he's like, I don't know. I just remember that sort of stuff. That was romantic to me because I was like, that is someone who cares, you know? That that is so romantic. It's taking time and also being actively interested in you, like not, not pretending. Yeah, and I think that that is the stuff that counts to me. Or like on my birthday, we went out for dinner and when we hopped in the car, he'd lined up my favourite song to play as we'd hopped in the car. Oh, my God. I know. It's just man. little things like that, I guess. But don't worry, he had lots of faults, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It's interesting. I was thinking about, oh, who are romantic men in my life? And do you know what? My dad is a rom- like a romantic. Do you is know he? what he used to do for my mum? What? He would mow the lawn in the shape of a love heart. Oh, my God. Like he was, he was like show pony romance. He at Easter, actually timely at Easter, he would get a giant, you know, those big eggs the size of your head. Yeah. He'd get one of those and then he would heat a knife so that he could cut straight down the middle and it wouldn't shatter. Like it would melt down the middle. And then he, I I saw him do this. He bought my mum beautiful lingerie and wrapped it and then stuck it in the egg and melded the egg back together and then gave that to her and Easter. Tony. (laughs) Right. He knows how to play the game. Yeah. That's so good. I think that would impress me too. I'd be down with that. It would impress me too. It is. the creative edge, you know? Yeah, definitely. And the and the effort. Yes, I think I find effort. effort very I mean, I don't expect effort, I don't, but I do find effort very romantic. I agree. So I was thinking of the moments where Trent has been particularly romantic and the obvious things to say are, oh, when he proposed or oh on our wedding day. But do you know what it was specifically about the proposal that got me? Was we were traveling Europe at the time and he had the engagement ring in his backpack covered in um, different socks layered up. And he had written a sentence in every language of every country we were going to, please be discreet engagement ring inside. So he had written it in Italian, in French, in, you know, all the places we were going. That was romantic to me. That is so sweet. sweet. Like that was the piece that stuck with me more than the proposal was that little effort. Yeah, and it's the thought. I mean, Mm. I'm very much about like forward planning and like if you can create a romantic gesture that requires not just effort but like planning and thoughtfulness, then I just swoon over that. I agree. Do you think it's because we're triple heirs and we're all about the thought? Well, we're not triple heirs, Hole. We're only double heirs. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. But, 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, most definitely, I think. Mm. How about you? How do you show romance? I, I would like to think that I'm quite romantic in the, like I love to give gifts and I love to, you know, make dinner and I'm very complimentary and all in, in those sorts of ways I think I'm yes. quite romantic. I'm very affectionate. But in terms of romantic sweeping gestures, I guess it depends on the guy. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I, I, I am the Virgo moon, so I am the forward planner. I would, yeah. I would make sure it was very much tailored to the individual. That is so beautiful. Speaking of the, the Virgo moon placement, where is romance governed, governed by where Venus is in our chart? Yeah. Okay, okay. And for you, that's Gemini? Yeah. <laughs> so you like to keep them guessing. <laughs> well, no, I just like I could do a million different things and wear a million different outfits. I love it so much. That's an interesting <laughs> Venus placement. Yeah, it's good. It's good, but it's also very um, flighty and flirty and frivolous. <laughs> <laughs> is that the title for your third book? Your it is. <laughs> I get very, I get bored very easy in love, and I honestly put that down to my Gemini and Venus, and my Gemini and every other bloody planet <laughs> totally. in my chart, but. I, I do, and it's 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 really bad. I've noticed it a lot as I've gotten older, yeah. Um, and I feel for my partners because you know they come in one way, and then I get bored of it, and that's not that's not fair. So that's something I'm working on at the moment. How do you work on that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> work in progress. Yeah. WIP. Um, I think. It's about value, like knowing exactly what I value in relationships. Yes, um, yes. Going forward and, and what I really value in a relationship that I would like to last a lifetime and not letting anything else outside of that um, become a huge factor or a priority in that totally. love and romance, you know. Yeah. Because I think, God, there's been times where I have let little things that really at the end of the day don't matter really grind me the wrong way or yes. I've let the things that really matter slide because I'm desperate for it to work. Okay. So yeah. it's prior, it's prioritizing that sort of stuff. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. What What's the most romantic thing you've done for Trini? Well, do you know what? This did make me think that I need to pull out a few more stops now because after being with someone for quite a period of time, the romance is alive in the early stages and then it's like how to keep the romance alive. And I, my Venus is in Virgo. I'm very boring when it comes to romance. But you're not – I see, I find this so funny because you're so elaborate when it comes to yourself. Why can't you just transfer that to something for Trini? Well, that's what I'm trying to do for his 30th, which by the time this airs will be a week away. So I feel one of the romantic things that I have thought on my own that I'm going to do is I'm going to make a sign and put it out the front of our house or on quite a main road and I'm going to write honk for his 30th. So they're like – Little things like that. I, I used to write in poetry and I didn't realise at the time that his, his Venus is in Pisces, so he would secretly die over that. Um, so maybe I need to do that a little bit more. Yeah. He loves my poetry. He bought me a typewriter. See, he's full of the romance. Yeah, he is. And it comes from a really um, selfless place. Yes. I used to have an ex-boyfriend who actually was also a Taurian. But every romantic gesture he did, and they were always big and bold and amazing, but it was always for recognition for him. Do you know what yes. I mean? It was more about his recognition than me actually getting a romantic gesture. <laughs> I love it. Well, I feel like that's kind of me as well. That's where I need to. Well, I didn't want to say I... anything. No, but it is. <laughs> did you just NLP me by using an example? <laughs> was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> But it did work. It did work. It definitely worked. <laughs> no, I, I do. When I was sitting in the bathroom this morning, specifically thinking about this Were subject you on today, the I was on the toilet, yeah. and I was thinking, "Fuck, I've got nothing to bring to the table here, and I really need to lift my game." No, I don't think that's true. Whole. I'm affectionate. I'm very affectionate. Yeah, and Trini that... likes affection, doesn't he? Yeah, he always sometimes. Sometimes he's like, get out of my space. But sometimes he likes affection. <laughs> but we, I mean, we've spoken about love languages on the potty, so we won't talk about it again. But he also really likes gifts, right? 
yeah, this is the thing. So I actually have a few ideas. I'm not going to say them on the potty just in case, but there are some things that I'm working on in the background because I know that that's his love language and it's not all about me. No, it's not all about you. (laughs) (laughs) So do you feel like romance becomes just a natural, I, I don't know, like a natural unfolding when you're in relationship with someone who's a soulmate? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I think, I don't know, I think romance and, and I think romance and love are two very different things. I feel like yes. romance is an action. I mean, I don't, that's not the definition of it, but that's how I interpret it. It's like an action, yeah. right? Where yeah. love is the experience and the feeling and the being of the relationship. I think that with a soulmate, yeah, maybe because you're in tune with each what each other wants and you can connect on that deeper level and so things do feel more romantic in a sense. But I've definitely been with people who aren't my soulmate who are very romantic. Yes. You know, um, so I, no, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Was that the question? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that is, and that's exactly where I was going with this because I feel you can be in love with someone and have a beautiful, loving relationship and it lack romance and that actually be okay, you know, like because romance isn't a value for both people. Totally, and I can definitely relate to that as well. I've definitely been in really lovely relationships that aren't particularly romantic. I mean, I told you a few romantic stories about that guy I was seeing last year, but he was the definition of not romantic. Yes. You know, triple earth, like didn't go out of his way to do anything really. <laughs> but, it, but see, but then when they do the subtle things, you're like, whoa. Yes. And that to me matters more than the elaborate, elaborate things. Well, it's yeah. interesting, again, bringing it back to my parents when they were together, uh, the romance was very much there, but tumultuous relationship yeah never were meant to be together forever and yeah love I guess was still there but not to a degree of being that person that soulmate they yeah. definitely weren't soulmates yeah they were yeah. a different breed Jordana Levine <laughs> <laughs> well do you like watching romantic movies yes and it gets me do you know what uh, I don't I don't want to put everything onto astrology because I know I do it all the time, but I feel it is the Libra moon in me that can really connect with the beauty and romance in film. So like the notebook just destroys my soul, you know? But in a good way? Yeah, in a good way, in a like, oh, my God, I, I'm just in an emotional wreck, Titanic. It doesn't matter how many times I see that movie, it kills my soul. Do you know my mum was telling me the other day that there was a book written in the late, I think it was the late 1800s by this guy and in the, it was a fiction book about this massive ship called the Titan that crashed into an iceberg and killed all of these people. He predicted it before the Titanic. He was a prophet. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Sorry. Side note. That's insane. Yeah. I you love, love the romantic comedies. Oh my right? god, I love romantic comedies. And I love I love deep romance movies as well, like the dramatic ones. But I do love a romantic comedy. I just I love the way that it makes me feel and I love the um hope it gives me around certain things, but I do have to put it all into context and realize that it's not real life and the timelines do not work like they do in romance movies. <laughs> I wish they did at all. Um, and, and it's very far-fetched, but I do, I do like that feeling. Mm, I, I want to ask you, and I know this is going to be hard, but could you share maybe your top three must-watch romantic comedies? Oh, uh, yeah, I can. I wish you'd given me some you time like, to think about I'm it. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think one of my favorites is, um, Something Borrowed with Kate Hudson, Jennifer Goodwin and John Krasansk. Kuzinski, Kuzanski. Yes. I love. Did we watch that whole? You, yeah, you got me to watch it at yours and I loved it. Did you love it? Loved yeah, it's it. so good. So um, good. That's probably one of my favourites. Um, I think oh, Love Actually. Oh, the best. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, oh, guys, this, this can't be my top three. I don't really know, but I'll give you another third one, which is really great. Um, I want to say Notting Hill. Oh, yes. But I also really love, um, do you know Definitely Maybe with Ryan Reynolds? 
I don't think I've watched it. <laughs> it's a really out-of-the-box one. Like, I don't think many people have watched it. But it's got Elizabeth Banks, Isla Fisher, and who's the other girlfriend? Um, oh, that beautiful, beautiful actress that's married to someone. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really good one too. But I've got so many. Oh, I feel like I was really put on the spot there. I, I really did put you on the spot, but I couldn't not, you know, because you were queen of rom-coms. Yeah. Um, what about you? Do you have any rom-coms that you love? No. <laughs> <laughs> If I was going to sit down and watch a romantic comedy, a romantic movie, I would pick the the kind of like heavier one. So I'd go Notebook, I'd go Moulin Rouge, yeah, <laughs> um, and I would go Baz Luhrmann, Romeo Juliet. Yeah, beautiful, but they're not romantic they're, comedies. They're not romantic comedies. <laughs> they're definitely there's something about the heaviness of romance. I don't know what it is. No, it's not romance. It's love. And the, I guess maybe the unrequited nature of love really gets me at a soul level. Well, I mean, unrequited love is not love, Holly. Yeah, good point. Oh, my God, that's such a good point. Because if you're, if you're pouring all of your love into someone and they're not giving you anything back, then that's not an actual connection. You talk about this and make it happen. No, I talk about it in a, another book you've read. Oh, shit. <laughs> Well, you allude to it in Make It Happen with the twin flame dynamic. Is that what unrequited love is? No. No. Do you know the definition of unrequited love? No, I think I'm just saying it because it makes me sound clever. Okay. Well, unrequited love is is that it's unrequited. So you're not getting it in return. So you can love someone and they don't love you back. That is unrequited love. No, I don't like that. That's, that annoys me. What I like, yeah. Cause (laughs) Romeo and Juliet, they loved each other, but like Moulin Rouge, they loved each other, but it's like, I guess it's loving and then losing in tragic circumstances. Yeah. That's what gets me. That's tragic love. I think. Tragic love. That that's my favorite romance genre. Why? What is it about it? Hmm. It makes me feel, I guess. I don't know. You can't just feel when it's happily ever after? No. No, I can't. I get bored by it. Mm. There's something in me that's a bit, I don't know, it's a bit warped, isn't it? But uh, maybe it's that I love drama and, you know, uh, I don't know. Do you create drama in your own relationships? Probably early stages, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm pretty fucking easy. I hope. I hope. But I have always had this under, like, this question of, oh, gosh, this is too good to be true and something tragic is going to happen to end my relationship with Trent. Like, he'll die, for instance. <laughs> it's really oh, taken a turn. I hope, I hope he makes it till he's, till he's 30th. <laughs> yeah, he definitely will. Look, I mean, it's, it's more of a projection thing, guys, and I'm working on it with Zoe, our mutual kinesiologist, friend of the podcast. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's heavy, right? I think it's because one of my first loves in high school uh, became quite unwell. He got better, but at the time it really shattered me because I was like, oh, my gosh, he could, you know, not get out of this. And my 13-year-old heart broke. Mm. So I I think it's just a pattern that I've carried where I'm like, I can connect with you. I know. It's just so funny, though, because you've been in a, what, 12-year relationship that has been pretty solid yeah so solid it's been good so there's hope for us all (laughs) (laughs) so it's been interesting being um in self-isolation and thinking about romance because I I'd actually put a dating ban on myself I don't know if we announced that on the podcast but I put a dating dating ban on myself just until I finished this book I'm writing and it's been since December last year right Wild. Wild. <laughs> and so I um, was like really looking forward to May because I'm like, oh, I can go out and date again. And like, and now I can't do that. Um, and I was fine those last few months. I wasn't really craving connection or romance or anything like that. But now that I've been told that I can't have it, I'm so thirsty for it. 
Oh, George. Yeah. But I think, and I think that's common. It's like, I was of actually, course it is. yeah, I was talking to, I was talking to, I won't say who it was, but I was talking to a mutual friend of ours a couple of days ago and he said the same thing. He's like, it's, it's just so funny that as soon as you can't have it, you want it so bad. So bad. So much. It's like, okay, I'm ready now. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. And I guess, cause also there's no end in sight as well. Yeah. You can't go, oh, okay. Well in June I can. It's sort of like, no, no, you can't. No. Yeah. It's mm. interesting. I mean, I guess on the flip side of that is what we we have discussed on the potty already, which is it's not normal to be with your loved one 24-7. And I'm grateful that Trent still has a job that is, you know, he's able to leave the house because I, I would be pulling my hair out. And, and he would be too, you know, vice versa. I don't know how you keep the romance alive in a time of social isolating. How, like how do you do it? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I know for me, someone who's so independent and needs their personal space that I, I actually think if I was in a relationship right now, I would be losing my mind. Yeah. I'd yeah. have to, I mean, I couldn't do it in the place I live in now, but say I was in your place, we'd have to have time apart in separate rooms. Yeah. Absolutely. So important. And I think the little gestures thing, that's where it will come into play and just bring overly appreciative for those moments because there will be moments also just as equally where you're going to want to pull your hair out and I found myself snapping at Trini for silly silly things and as I said he's not even here 24 7 right now so yeah it's in it's really interesting so what are you gonna what are you gonna do what are the little gestures you're gonna do well we've both been cooking for each other a lot more and like being creative in the cooking. So that's been nice rather than just sticking to what like our standard meals through the week. So that's been quite nice. Uh, on a Sunday, we'll make now a little cheese board and have a little whiskey or a drink together. So that's been a nice way of connecting. Notice how it always revolves around food and drink. <laughs> well, it's a way to Story. celebrate, isn't it? I went to the bottle shop yesterday and um, the guy in the bottle shop's always really helpful with stuff. And he said to me, oh, um, he goes, what do you want this wine? Like, what's this wine for? And I'm like, it's just me. Like, I'm just me? And he's like, but do you want it to match food? I'm like, for who? Food for who? <laughs> I'm fine. Just give me my wine so I can leave. The even little nice things like um, something that Tran and I do naturally, which I think is quite romantic, is we'll always be holding hands. So when we go for a walk together, we'll hold hands or like oh, we'll be like affectionate. I know it's so gross, isn't it? But we do those things and that's nice and romantic. Like we'll do a walk together, just a coastal walk close by and that, that feels romantic for me at the moment. Just it's almost like a reframe of the little moments that you wouldn't necessarily consider romantic when life was the way it was. But now it's like you take those moments and you run with them. Yeah. I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be relationships that really strengthen through this. And I think there's going to be relationships that are like, holy fuck. (laughs) Like I know, um, you know, I told you guys that story of when I got stuck in the flood and we were in isolation in a house with two strangers dying of pneumonia that brought us closer together, but mm. I can see for many people it would have driven them apart. Yeah, you know, because you're seeing people in their most vulnerable state. Yes, I guess that that and that is the thing, right? Like fears are heightened, anxieties are heightened right now, so we are seeing not necessarily the best side of our lover right now and still being able to like be with them and you know be attracted to them. That's it can be challenging. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Since we're talking about love and romance, I'd love to hear your take on soulmates. Like we're going to talk about it a little more in depth in the coaching call in the middle membership this month. But like before you sort of were very self-aware and kind of deep into spiritual teachings and whatnot, you'd already Mm -hmm. met Trent. So at what point did you think, oh, I think this is my soulmate? I have a journal from when we had just started talking. So I would have been 18 and I was in a nostalgia hole the other day reading it and I wrote, um, it's been a long time since I've felt this way about somebody, but I think I like someone, his name is Trent. And then I wrote, this feels so different to any other feeling and I, I can't explain it, but I just feel different with him. So I feel like there was always that little underlying knowing even when we 
first met that, oh, this is bigger than just, you know, a couple of months of inverted commas love. Um, when did I know he was my soulmate? It, it was, a, it, I, I feel like it was a slow burn for me, like four or five years in going, this, uh, he's my family and I will never ha- not have him in my life. You know, mm. it was, it was just this unquestioning of, oh, you, yeah, you're my person. Like that's just a given. And yeah, it's, it's, I feel fucking grateful. Um, <clears throat> Because I just I happened to find him so young, you know. Well, we found each other so young. Um, I, I feel like a soulmate connection is a feeling. It's like a it's like a home. Like you can just be exactly who you are with them, and there's no judgment, and it's very safe and comfortable. And yeah, I, I just I just he's my family. That's I guess that's the best way to explain it for me, Jordan. Yeah, but you can have more than one soulmate, right? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been in relationships with soulmates before, and clearly, I'm still not still with them. Um, I think, though, that we give any kind of connection and any kind of like um, feeling of like passion and can't live without, and and think that means soulmate so true and it doesn't and and then I think there's another term that comes up a lot which I spoke about in make it happen which is twin flames um Mm. and I think a lot of people think that if they're in a passionate tumultuous relationship then it must be a twin flame connection but I think that's also a misconstrued idea yeah I think I definitely feel that we have soul connections with people um that are part of our soul family. Mm. And yes, we do meet soulmates when we're in a romantic relationship with them. And I, I, for me, when I know I've hit it is that, that feeling of familiarity and that feeling of being able to just be yourself. Yeah. But I don't think that necessarily means that that's the person for you for the rest of your life, because I think that you can just meet the next mate who you who you have a connection with on a soul level, you know? I agree. I absolutely agree. I, I I'm on board with the there's not necessarily one soulmate out there and you're one person and if you miss them, there's no one else. It's like, no, no, no. There are multiple people. I, I feel a big part of soulmates are to come in and to teach you about yourself and about love and about what you want in a relationship and what you don't and your values and all of these things that we've been talking and about. And also like as you grow and um, evolve as a human in your spiritual development, you're going to need different soulmates to come in and match that, you know. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's this the same kind of goes with friendships, right? As you grow and evolve, your needs and wants and what you relate to change. It's natural as well for that to translate a lot of the time in a romantic sense. And that's okay. I feel that there is this massive societal stigmaing and taboo around you find your one person, you settle down, you get married, you have your family, and that's it for life. And then if it ends, that it's a failure or if there's a divorce it's the it's the wrong thing to do and you've got to work through each other's differences and I just don't agree with any of that George it's 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 how you're feeling and if it's not in alignment then that's okay yeah. you can change yeah. yeah it's an interesting thing you know I longest relationship I've officially been in is five years mm. I always wonder like how because I evolve and change on a yearly basis whole, like mm. sometimes mm. even faster. <laughs> mm. And I'm like, how is somebody going to not only keep up with me as I change, but how am I not going to change away from what brought us connection? Yeah. You know, yeah. like that does freak me out a little bit. Oh, it scares me all the time because like you, I'm constantly evolving and changing. Like me a year ago is not me now. I mean, I hadn't even sat Vipassana. Um, <laughs> not even going to address that. <laughs> uh, but what I will say is what it's taught me is, again, like what you were saying at the beginning of the app, so long as the values that are in my relationship with Trenny are being met, then all of the other stuff I can almost, like, put to the side and focus on those things because it. it who am I to say, like, you know, you've got to meet me where I'm at. And we've spoken about this in a podcast before. It's like, come on, grow with me, grow with me, or we're growing apart. 
Um, but I'm also, I, I've said this to him before, and it's little Pisces, Venus, Moon, all the Pisces placements. It's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, if, if there ever came a time where the connection shifted and changed, that's just a natural part of being in a relationship with someone. It's just, it's nothing to fear. It's, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. And I, I, yeah. And that excites me too. Like I'm all up for that challenge. Mm. I just, it's just, it's like finding someone who's okay with me changing. Cause that's one of the problems I've had in the past is like, I'm not the person that they started dating. And then they're like, well, I don't know if this is the person that I fell in love with, you know? I, I see that with a lot of my clients, George, mm. in relationships where they get started on this the soul work and the journeying and their partners do say something and say, I don't, I don't like this, you're different now, you've changed. And it's like, well, yeah, I have and, and I'm becoming more me, you know? Yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. George? Yeah. What is your reco for the week? Well, I'm going to do a shout out to um, a small business. Um, I had a distance Reiki healing session this week and I was, I mean, you spoke to me, Hole. I was so fried. Like my nervous system was fucked. (laughs) I'd had... Um, I'd had a big week emotionally, but I also had um, some really deep kinesiology sessions with Zoe. So I was moving a lot of energy around and Mm. my nervous system just really wasn't coping with it. I could feel Mm. my extremities vibrating, pulsating or pulsing as Holly likes to say. Pulsing. (laughs) Um, So my hands and my feet were like throbbing and I was like, oh God, this isn't good. And so I reached out to Karen Harrison that runs a business called The Happy Co. And I said to her, um, because I used to have Reiki sessions with her in the flesh, and I said, oh, are you doing distance Reiki? And she said, yeah, I am. It's it's exactly the same. And I wasn't sure, like even though I have kinesiology via Skype, I was still a little bit like, I don't know. Anyway, it was phenomenal. Wow. So you have like a 20-minute Zoom call, so you're face-to-face, and then you get off the call and she says, just go and lie down for 45 minutes. I'm going to do the Reiki, play some nice music, stay off your phone, and just feel into what you could feel. And I could feel all this different energy moving through my body. It was incredible. And then after the 45 minutes was up, we hopped back on Zoom. She gave you some insights into what came up. So you get a little bit of a psychic reading as well. And I have to say, I felt incredible after, but also the next day. Because well, I, I noticed day. the difference in you. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't to want to talk. I didn't want to talk over the top. I was like, is she gonna keep talking? No, I noticed the difference in you, George. Like your energy totally shifted, lifted. It was amazing, like so much so that I'm going to book with her right away. Yeah. So yeah. if you guys want to um book an appointment with Karen, her website is thehappyco.com.au and on Instagram she's the happy underscore co. And she's just she's one of those just very, very, very special practitioners. Mm, and a sweetheart too, like a good person. Yeah, really good person. She also does lots of other things. She does like holistic counseling, she has like an introduction to meditation course you know, really fun stuff. So I think she has a podcast as well, Um, but just go and check it out because yeah, it was, it was transformational. Beautiful. Good reco, George. What's your reco hole? Mine is a snack. (laughs) You guys might not be impressed with me after I change your entire isolation pantry to just be filled with these snacks. They're by a brand called Late July and they are the jalapeno lime corn chips. (gasps) They're the best. They're actually the yummiest thing on the planet. They are so dangerous to have. Like, they do not last a day with us. I had to stop buying them, Holly, because I was like, I cannot just have a few chips. I have the whole packet. Yeah. Do you know what Trina and I did last time? We bought a pack and ate it in the drive home from the grocery store, which is a 10-minute drive. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. They are so delicious, guys. So you can buy them online from Australian Organic products.com.au although they if you have a local organic grocer they will definitely be in stock I don't there i think it has to be an organic grocer just your health food store yeah and they're available overseas as well i checked there is they're a u.s brand yeah uh 
but they tick all the boxes. They're organic, they're preservative-free, they're vegan and vegetarian, gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free. I can't believe this. But they're still they are, chips, guys, and they're not good for you in any they shape or form. They have <laughs> so much shit in them, but they are so delicious. So that is my reco, your little ISO snack for the month or yeah. several months. <laughs> I, think it's, I think health food snacks are so funny because it's like, no, you're still full of shit. You're just organic. Like it's so true. It's so true. I was like, oh, is that sunflower oil in the ingredients? That's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Oh, I think that's the least of the worries in there. <laughs> oh, but they're just the best. Yeah, they're ever. really yummy. They're really yummy with like a cider or like a beer or something. Yes. So late July is a brand, guys, and it's the jalapeno and lime cod chips. Jordy, you ready to guess the celebrity natal chart of Orlando Bloom? I am. So I did watch the Jimmy Fallon interview with him this morning, and I got to say, like, I didn't really connect with him. <sighs> and I was trying to think back to Orlando. Like, first of all, what what the hell has he done lately? Anything except impregnate Katy Perry? Like, has no, he, been he, in any he, he just did Lord of the Rings, right? And that's it. No, he did Lord of the Rings. He did The Hobbit. He did um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he always plays some sort of like magical elephant or something. <laughs> yeah. um, but I didn't really dig his vibe, which doesn't surprise me because I don't dig Katy Perry's vibe either. Yeah, interesting. Now, yeah. Oh. So we learned last week that Katy Perry was a triple Scorpio. Mm. So knowing that, the one thing I want to start out on before I really dive in is he has to have a Scorpio placement. He just has to. He does. He does. Okay, great. I'm just going to sit with that for a minute. Because you could not possibly connect with a triple Scorpio unless you had some Scorpio in you. It doesn't make sense. No. It would not make sense. Okay. Has he just got the one Scorpio placement? It's just one okay, placement. Okay, okay, Now, I, I'm getting... Okay, so I am getting a water vibe, but I wonder if that's the Scorpio that I'm getting. Is there more water than just Scorpio? No. Okay, so that's that's that. Okay. I want to rule out fire. It's ruled out. Okay. He was very um he was very chatty, which makes me think well, I was going to say Gemini, but I guess it could be any air. Let me just sit with that. Don't say anything. I won't. I won't. <clears throat> well, let's put this Scorpio somewhere. Um, I couldn't really see Scorpio. I couldn't see the Scorpio in him. So I'm going to say moon. Done. Yes. Yep. Okay. So then I think maybe he's got an air sun. Not... Not an no. air sun. Okay. Does he have an air rising? Yes. Mm. Okay. So that's what I could see, that chattiness. Hmm. I don't know what his sun is then. So it's not fire and it's not water and it's not air. No. So it must be air. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, woo. <laughs> um, okay. I'm not – oh, may- maybe. I'm not getting Virgo vibes. No. Possibly Taurian vibes. I'm just going to park that. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a funny thing. <laughs> okay, with the air rising, mm. I'm not getting Libra from him at all. No. No. And I don't want to say Gemini because I don't like him, but I actually think it is a Gemini rising. It isn't. It isn't. Oh, Aquarius rising. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Okay, Aquarius rising and we're down, we're back to the bloody earth sun. Yeah. Who were we doing last time when I was trying to guess an earth sun between Taurus and Capricorn? Who was that? Who was it? I don't remember, but I couldn't. Do- oh, it was Jason Bateman. That's right. That's right. Oh, um, Scorpio, Aquarius rising. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Just go with that pattern. Yeah, Capricorn Sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. When you said, 
I really didn't vibe with him. I'm like, yeah, because he's your most hated of each element. <laughs> You've got to stop saying that. My sister's a Capricorn and I love her so much. Not hated. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. Um, yeah, interesting. I, did, I just re- I really didn't vibe with him. I didn't find warmth in him at all. And, yeah. Joy, I've had a realisation this week. Yes. May come as a surprise to everyone. (laughs) I am addicted to my phone and it's not good and I don't like the person I've become in ISO getting everything from it. I think think ISO's heightened it for everybody. I'm feeling it too. It's just like... I'm con- well, I, and you know how I know I'm constantly on it because my battery drains by about two o'clock yeah. in the afternoon, and I've got to put it on the charger. I'm like, yeah, Uh-oh. Um, yeah, it's hard. So, do you yeah. have a question for me? Well, I guess the question is: I, I feel that you are much better than me at actually putting your phone down and reading a book or watching a series or doing something that's not to do with the phone. The thing is, when I sit down to read my book, I have my phone with me, and so I get sidetracked. When I'm sitting to watch a new TV show. I have my phone. Like, do you literally put your phone away? Do you put it on flight mode? How do you not allow it to encroach in your things that aren't phone? I put it upstairs and I put it on the charger and I don't put it on flight mode, but I guess I could put it on flight mode. Um, Okay. I think it's more about the why you have to keep checking your phone and I yeah. think for many of us, the reason why we keep checking it is because if we're not using that to distract us, then we're just sitting with ourselves and that can be really yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, you can say, oh, I need it for news updates or, oh, I need it for whatever. But you don't need it every second of the day for those things. And yeah. I know for me, I mean, there's a few really funny memes on Instagram, but other than that, it's just putting me into stress. Yeah, you know, like uh, I'm not getting enjoyment out of it. I'm not deriving enjoyment. And the other thing I find myself doing is looking for validation through it, especially because I'm all alone in the house. If I mm. can get people liking photos, then I feel like I'm interacting with people. And I, that's not interaction. That's not connection. That's what I think is the piece for me that I need to remind myself is I tell myself, oh, I'm just gonna, I've got this message from this person and, you know, connection, connection. It's like, no, actually, if I was really wanting connection, I'd pick up the phone or I would have locked in a Zoom call or I would be out on a walk with Trent, you know? And that's the other thing that I feel so bad about because I know I do it. Like Trent will get home and I'll just be doing a TikTok thing or something else and I'm, I'm actually missing the connection piece. So it it's one piece to be aware of it, but I really, really struggle with breaking that habit. Well, you know what I've realized, and this is when I made a concerted effort to not be on my phone all day. When I had that nervous system fry this week, my naturopath said to me, I don't want you to take any stimulants today. And by that, I mean, stop looking at your phone and your computer. And in my head, I was like, that's not really a stimulant. Like I cannot have my coffee today, but I'm not going to not look at my phone. But I did go off my phone for the day. And I felt great. And then the next day I was on my phone quite heavily because I had to do that live um, stream yoga class. And then there were messages coming through after and I was reposting stories and all this sort of stuff. And I went to bed that night and my nervous system was fried again. And I was like, oh, no, it's this constant stimulation from your phone. And your body doesn't know the difference between screen stimulation and food stimulation and, you know, excitement stimulation you know yes so it's hard to decipher and then we're just constantly running on overdrive yeah I guess my other question for you then Jordi is uh, obviously there's you know read a book watch a tv show but are there certain things that you were like phone is not around when I do these things like I'm looking for ideas to do instead of getting everything from my phone yeah I mean I've started um if I do a yoga practice at home or a, a, a yin practice at home to actually have my phone upstairs so I can't reach in the middle okay. of class, which I was doing, and I was like, what, the, what is the point of this? Yeah. Um, if I'm reading, yeah, I put my phone away or I put it in a sock or I, you know what I mean? Like I put it yes. in something so I can't touch it or see it light up. Um, reading, reading a book, I've been putting music on and lying on the couch with my eyes closed and just listening to music. I've also been having this really um, 
when I was a kid, I used to daydream a lot and not just like little, you know, fantasies in my head, but like full on narrative type scenarios happening. So I've been doing that lately and I've been trying to do it in um, the realms of manifestation, like what I want my life to look like outside of ISO or even in ISO. There's so many things that can happen while our physical bodies are still in the confines of our house. I spoke about it a little bit in the live stream this week and also on my Instagram but our energy knows no bounds. Yes. So there's still so much potential for creation that can take place while our physical bodies are still in the house. So I've been having daydream visualizations about what life I want. I love that. And do you put music on when you do it or are you just chilling? I put music on because I just, oh my God, like my energy shifts so dramatically with tunes. Same. It's yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I put music on some, a lot of the time, like if I'm doing some sort of manifestation visualization, I'll just put, um, instrumental music on. Um, yeah. Or if you have the best playlist. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I love your playlist. Head to my Spotify guys. There's lots on there. Yeah. I've been cooking a lot. Um, stuff that requires a little bit of like actual time. time. Um, what else? I mean, books are great books are great yeah I've got books I just need to sit and read and not distract myself I've got so many well babe I mean I I can relate but it really is about conscious intention you just have to be conscious and have the intention to not look at your phone I know this is the accountability piece for me too if I talk about it on the podcast then I have to do it (laughs) and also like just be realistic with yourself like I know that I can't stay off Instagram so I usually delete it. Yeah. Yeah. I just delete the app. Yep. That's it. As simple as that. Thank you. These are very helpful. You're welcome. So, Jord, we've set the date for our next Teach Me Something new coaching call for the middle members. It is Monday the 27th of April. Beautiful. Um, We're going to be talking about soulmates and twin flames. Oh, I'm so excited. So many people want to learn about this, myself included. Yeah, it's it's a really exciting topic. I've got lots to say on it. So guys, if you are yet to join the middle membership, we're having such a ball in there. We do our weekly wine nights, which has been a beautiful way to connect midweek. Our weekly energy reads go up on a Friday morning as well. And our group coaching calls. So you know what to do to join. Just hit the link in the show notes. Yeah, or you can also join by the link in our Instagram bio. You've been listening to The Middle with your host, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore middle underscore podcast. Search for us on Facebook to join The Middle Facebook group. Just search The Middle Podcast. Um, And if you do want to become a middle member, like we said, you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes or heading to the link in our Instagram bio. Until next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.